welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi, the next generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we have a very special guest on. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I am Cody. <laughs> Cody is a fan of Degrassi and whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> and Cody, can you tell us a little bit else about yourself? Because you have a very cool job. Yeah. So I am. My my name's Cody Keplinger. I am a YA author, young adult author. Um, I write books about teenagers. So if you like Degrassi and teenagers who have a lot of drama, um, my books might be for you. Also, one of them was called The Duff, and that was turned into a movie, which is probably the only reason you know my name at all if you do. <laughs> which is pretty freaking cool. Let's be real. Um, so we're going to talk about the episode, but whenever we have like a new person on, we like to kind of ask, like, what is your personal history with Degrassi? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I started watching Degrassi during season one, but really inconsistently because we didn't have cable at home. So I only got to see it when I was either at my grandparents' house or at my dad's house. So for the first few seasons, my viewing was super sporadic, but I managed, because reruns were always on, I managed to catch up and, and basically see most of it. And then a few years ago, I binged watched all of The Next Generation um, to see everything I hadn't seen. I've actually also seen the original series. Uh, a few years ago, my friend who loves TNG made me watch the original series, and I watched all of it, and I've also seen all of – I've seen everything up through Next Class. So, like, I know all the things, um, and I still watch it because every time I try to quit and say I'm done about a year later, suddenly I'm like – bored maybe i'll go watch new degrassi and then i get sucked in because it's still addictive you have us beat because all we've seen is next generation and we haven't even finished it yet <laughs> um but today we're talking about the episode voices carry from season four um and i'm going to read the youtube summary uh so part one craig is suffering from mood swings and ashley seems to be the only one who can help Ashley's dad is planning to get remarried. Elsewhere, JT and Liberty <laughs> attempt to work together on the school musical. This is one sentence. Um, and it is not a real sentence. And then... Also not accurate. No, not accurate at all. Like, first, so first, I'm sorry. One, <laughs> Ashley does isn't able to help. Two, it's not a musical. <laughs> it's, there's just everything is wrong. And then part two, in the conclusion... Craig proceeds to embarrass Ashley during the reception at her father's wedding. This is an oversimplification. <laughs> yes, uh, but accurate. <laughs> it It is accurate. It has accuracy beat for the first part of the summary. But I like how the second part is like one sentence, too. <laughs> and then doesn't mention anything about JT and Liberty's storyline. Well, I mean, what else do you say after that, like false sentence from above like they continue they continue their rebellion <laughs> yeah it's like the, anyway even though the jt liberty story makes me so happy i'm so happy that story carries throughout both episodes yeah i know i think lately with the the two-parters the b plot stays consistent between both episodes where at least in like the first couple seasons it was not no and there are multiple two parts in season four like i skimmed ahead um because Full disclosure, Holland and Kelsey asked me which episode I wanted to do. And I was like looking and I was like, there's so many two-parters and I'm selfish and I want to be on one of those. <laughs> and also I 
have a real soft spot for JT and Liberty. So I picked this one, but there's like so many two-parters. And I think you're right that the B plots carry over. I think they just, from now on, it's like, maybe we should, we should do B plots that are worthy of two episodes from now on. (laughs) Or just worthy in general. Like, let's step up our game. It's it's very true. Um, So today's episode is called Voices Carry and is named after a 1985 song by the band Till Tuesday, which was the band fronted by Amy Mann before she went solo. And from what I can tell from Wikipedia, it is about a lover and an affair. And I mean, technically doesn't really apply to this episode. Um, But what are your guys' thoughts on the episode title? So my first thought is that I love the title Voices Carry and then I want to name a novel that one day. My second thought is I didn't know I knew this song until we listened to it. And I'm like, oh, I know this chorus. And my third thought is it has nothing to do with anything except there's mild singing in one one plot of the show. Yeah, I don't understand. And maybe again, maybe it's just that we like don't know all the lyrics. Maybe the lyrics would make more sense with it. But I mean, based on the parts of the music video we saw it looked like a, a like a really like businessy wall street type of guy like trying to change amy mann which like also doesn't really fit this plot line so i i don't know i feel like it's but poorly it's a named. good title it's a great title i just that's don't know why that's all they care about <laughs> like this is the thing that you've got to figure out about degrassi titles is that it has nothing to do with if the song applies it's is this a cool sounding title yes okay and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's it's definitely a good title. So we open up and we're at the school. And my first note is, ugh, Craig and Ashley. Because, of <laughs> course, they're, like, making out and loving on each other. Oh, God. So I was, this is one of the rare situations early on. When I, I mean, I say early on. I mean, pre-season five. Where I was team Spinner, like, in the last episode. I was like, yeah, Spinner, why is Ashley here? <laughs> so this just furthers my, ugh feelings yeah they're disgusting and this is when we learn that ashley's dad is getting married to another man because ashley will never let anybody forget that her dad is gay (laughs) and she is still like like struggling to like have that be a part of her life which is a whole other thing um but ashley's mom comes to pick her up from school and (laughs) right off the bat we can see that ashley's mom has not been as forgiving as Ashley has toward Craig because she fucking hates him. Ashley's mom is one note this entire episode and it's hatred. (laughs) It's the whole episode. All she has the exact same tone of voice for everything. Don't bother. (laughs) Which it's, it's amazing. We're all team Ashley's mom in this moment for the most part. But yeah, this moment for sure. I was like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Cause she's like, he's like, I'll call you. And Ashley's mom goes, don't bother. And we're like, yes, 100, 100%. Good for you, Miss Kerwin. Um, although, like, I do understand, like, Ashley taking Craig back because he's so charming. Like, they were talking and he's like, oh, I love airports. And he's listing all the reasons. And one of them is like, all the I loves you, all the I love yous. Aww. And she's like, did you just say that? And he's like, I only say it at airports. That was pretty adorable. That was actually really, that was some of the better Craig writing that they've done in a while. I'm like, oh, now I see why you'd go back with him. 
and then that's about it and then he (laughs) and then he ruins it but that's like craig's whole deal is that he's beautiful and charming and then he ruins it he just has really good hair i think that that's this answered all this ashley's like i had bad hair for so long and i am in love with you because you have good hair he has great hair (laughs) he can sing he's in a band he has witty banter sometimes and he's damaged and she wants to save him You just listed all the reasons that I like men. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that is my type. My type is slightly damaged, um, sings in a band, good hair. <laughs> End of list. <laughs> I can fix you. We, no. we have the good hair thing in common. Like good hair, especially like good curly hair. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Ugh. I do love Jake Epstein's hair. He's he's a beautiful man. Um, so, you know, then song. And then we are in the hallway and Ashley is like practicing telling her mom that she's dating Craig again and she loves him and nothing can pull them apart because they're children. And this is the conversations that happen. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just I w- like, oh, boy. And where was Ellie to be like, stop? Ellie is trying to get her shit together. (laughs) That is where Ellie is. Ellie is trying to pay her rent because she's stuck in a situation. Ellie is off trying to pay her rent. She's cuddling with her ferret. Oh, ferret Bueller. Um, And then we hear a horrible noise. (laughs) Yeah, Craig can sing. sing. You know who cannot? (laughs) Fucking Marco. (laughs) It is. It is horrible. We hear the like accordion and they come in and they're like oh no tell me this isn't and spinner and marco are furious and they're like yeah this is our fucking single and it's the last single that downtown sasquatch will ever record together well and it's also the one craig wrote for ashley which is even funnier because it's marco singing craig's song about ashley when they're mad at craig for leaving them for ashley And an accordion. <laughs> I never understood the accordion. <laughs> I don't get it either. But my my biggest issue with this is why didn't they just use the first take? The first take was great before Craig left. They did one really good take of Craig singing and the whole band like being super on. And uh, the only thing that he missed was like the last line. But that they could have like just like shoved in and like even like faked it somehow. Because Marco singing was clearly a better idea <laughs> than an uh, uh, almost unfinished. And why was he suddenly <laughs> using the accordion? He was playing the bass before. I part of me thinks that it like the people maybe wouldn't let them like use that as a take, and they're like, okay, well, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this out of spite to show Craig just how much we hate him. This is what he did to us. This is what it sounds like when you betray your friends. We're just going to do this out of spite and make it sound as horrible as possible. Who was playing the accordion is what I want to know. I really want to know who learned how to play the accordion. Marco. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But, okay. And but- he's got it on a sick boom box. And I'm pretty sure I had the exact same one. <laughs> and it was great. I'm pro boom box. <laughs> and Ashley and Craig are just like shocked and Ashley like like repeats like I'm with Craig and that's it and everything's gonna be okay to like after Spinner and Marco storm out because they're just trying to rationalize their relationship to themselves and to the world it was weird timing for her to say that though like like literally Spinner and Marco walk away and Ashley comes over and like leans on Craig's shoulder and is like 
that's it, mom. I'm with Craig. I'm happy. And I'm like, you're not going to talk about what just happened with Spinner and Marco. I like just, it was very strange. It was weird for, for her saying that I kind the, what I was getting was that she was trying to make him feel better. Cause he was like clearly bumming real hard. So. By reminding him that her mother hates him, like, I was like, <laughs> what? like it just—it was very odd. Well, Ashley's not known for her perfect logic skills. That's <laughs> not her whole deal. Um, and then we are with Manny and Liberty and JT, and we start to get tinglings of JT and Liberty shipping. Yay! It's perfect. Um, and so they're walking and they're talking about like how Liberty wrote this like play based on Dracula. Not based on the movie, a book, as JT reminds <laughs> us. JT's like forever an idiot, <laughs> but it was very sweet. And they were just like, Liberty, this is great. And and JT calls Liberty brilliant and then walks away. And Manny and Liberty look at each other and they were like, what just happened? And they smile and like carry on. Okay. What's funny here is it's not even acknowledged that like a hot minute ago, Manny was dating JT. <laughs> I'm honestly glad that they've all seemed to bury it deep inside of them. I forget every time I rewatch and then it happens. I'm like, oh, right. This actually went on for several episodes. Um, Yeah. But but yeah, no one acknowledges it. I think everyone in the world, including the viewers, have already just forgotten that it was a thing because it was just so unnatural to begin with. And we're back on the well, they want the JT Liberty train as if nothing has happened, (laughs) which I'm fine with because I like to forget that penis pump episode oh god that episode <laughs> why wasn't that the episode that first gave us danny cursed us with danny did he oh god did he yes. appear before that episode Cause i don't think he did no he he that was his first episode what what a debut it was <laughs> it was fitting for danny because he's a goddamn mess oh, oh okay i no god damn danny um anyway then we are in mr simpson's class and craig like swivels over to ashley or i think they're an independent study but craig swivels over and is like i've been writing all these songs like look at my lyrics oh my gosh and mr simpson is like um craig and he just ignores him and he's like uh craig like let's not talk and he is blatantly ignoring mr simpson he gets louder until mr simpson is like hey craig you need to go back into your seat go sit in the corner and craig gets up and gets in his face and is yelling at him and he's like i thought this was independent study like well now i'm independently leaving and you can study my butt like <laughs> which i kind of door loved. i loved that line though i'm like because it's so cheesy but it's like i feel like that is what Craig would say. I don't know. I just feel like that's what a teenager would say. Study my butt. Leave it. I'm like, that's not a good line, but it's also perfect. It's like a perfect <laughs> high school line, yes. though. Like, it is ideal. But, yeah, he's just like, what? And, like, leaves. Um, and actually, he's just like, I have no idea what just happened. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my thing. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. And then, like, oh, my God. And then... Um, well, first Ashley finds Craig after the class and she's like, hey, um, what's going on? Are you okay? And he like lashes out at her and he like basically accuses her of like not wanting him to go to her dad's wedding, which like based on his behavior is super valid. And that's also that that part really like bugged me a little. Not really bugged me. That's the wrong way. That's the wrong way to look at it. It, Ashley's reaction bugged me because I'm like, that's 
kind of a manipulative thing for him to say because what is she supposed to respond? Like, no, of course I do. Uh, uh. But also before that, he's like, whose side are you on? Because she'd been saying, well, of course he sent you to the office. We were talking and passing notes. Like, obviously that was what was going to happen. This is the most rational Ashley has ever been. Um, it's the most she's ever made sense to me. Yeah. No, she's super rational. She's like, of course we got in trouble. Um, so, yeah, I <laughs> this scene made me go, yes, Ashley. And then many scenes later, I will be going, no, Ashley. So we'll get to that <laughs> later. Oh, Ashley. She has her moments, but they are few and far between. Uh, but then we are in the gym and everyone is practicing Liberty's play. And I just wrote down, of course, Liberty wrote a vampire play. And <laughs> Alex is in the play. Manny is like the star of the play. They're practicing. It's great. But then Mr. Raddich is like, um, what? Vampires, violence, sex? What's happening? He and doesn't he, say sex, well, to be fair. Whatever. He's not <laughs> cool with the play. I don't think he saw any of the sex. <laughs> that's true. That happens behind the scenes in secret when we get to that episode later. Oh, okay. I do have a question about this scene, though. So I can't remember all of secret, although I saw it not that long ago. But if I remember, so Manny in this scene is playing Mina. And I think there's a continuity error because in secret, I'm pretty sure Darcy is Mina and then she is fired. I don't remember. And I'm like, wait, how like Manny is still there. Like, I don't understand. There's not that many women roles in Dracula. (laughs) And I'm like, if Manny is Mina, why? I'm just I have a lot of confusion about the Mina casting. Um, Also, I have no idea who Alex is playing. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. We'll have to look out for that. Also, since when is Alex in the drama club? <laughs> I, first of all, I love that they keep saying drama. Um, I don't know, but she stays in it because then Amy is in it, too. Okay, why are Alex and Amy in the drama club? Alex is over time becoming more of a joiner. But Amy? She's like, well, Amy, I think, just follows Alex because Amy doesn't have other friends. <laughs> and Alex is becoming more of, like, just... I mean, I don't want to be like, she's conforming and selling out. But, like, she's becoming, like, less interested in, like, being an asshole with Jay. And she's, like, befriending Paige. And she's vice president. So she has, like, that whole thing going. So I think she's kind of, like, evening out. So it makes sense to me. And I think she's playing, like, a nurse or something. <laughs> there's a, there's always a female role in plays like this that are, like, <laughs> handmaiden. Yeah. I love Alex. So much. <laughs> Every time I rewatch, I'm like, I am so in love with you. Be my best friend or my girlfriend. Either one would be fine. The theme of this podcast is and will always be, I love Alex. <laughs> even when she's really mean, I'm like, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> even when she's really mean, you're like, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> I like it. Because when she's mean, she's still funny. Also, I love, I she always has good earrings and clothes. And I just, I love her. All of the hoops and all of the wife beaters. I'm still pro hoops. It's, <laughs> I don't have pierced ears, which is probably a good thing. Cause I would have these massive, like, crazy earrings all the time. So speaking of hoops, maybe we should get into fashion, please, before we forget. <laughs> um, Ashley is wearing, like, this skull vest thing, which is amazing. I, unsurprisingly, loved it. <laughs> also, when she and Craig are sitting down in the hall, like, practicing whatever they are wearing like matching converse and it's like of course they are 
Yeah, I actually, for that scene, I wrote down Ashley's Converse and, like, leather, like, wristlet. Are the, she looks like an ad for, like... What what's that like anti drug ad like? Oh my god, yes, I know what you're talking about. You know, it's got like a pointing up symbol in it, but it looks like an ad for one of those. And she <laughs> looks like like the cliche like when the dog is talking to the girl, he's like, "You've been smoking a lot of pot lately." <laughs> she she look that is like 100 percent what she looks like in that moment, and it's perfect. What are they called? Like above the influence ads? It's yes. like, yes. And yes. They, and like sometimes it would be like it would like cycle through like blank is my anti drug and stuff like that. And then there were the ones where like ever since she started smoking marijuana, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's like been like totally like unreceptive. It's like she blends into her environment. And it's like the melted girl sitting on a couch or something. But anyway, all those people always had like untied Converse and a leather wristlet, and that was Ashley in this moment. Um, Manny is wearing head to toe yellow several times. She's wearing like a juicy couture jumpsuit, <laughs> but it's yellow. Like she is the cutest banana. And <laughs> Liberty is wearing pink pants, which is certainly a thing. <laughs> okay, so the Manny thing with yellow. I have deep envy for anyone who can wear yellow with confidence because i i fear yellow yellow on me is the scariest thing and so whenever i see someone in like legit yellow and looking good i'm like i don't even care what you're wearing i'm just proud of you well (laughs) the thing is that the three of us are white people and white people notoriously cannot wear yellow (laughs) it is not it's not a great look for us this is true it's it's not the best um craig is wearing a lightning bolt shirt and at one point he is rocking his leather jacket also speaking of craig his suit for going out and like spending joey's money is terrible garbage nonsense it's bad he looks like he's gonna sing on a cruise ship is this wait is this which one is this one is this the one with the hat yes Oh. oh it is the one with the hat oh man while we were watching i literally said is is that a fedora like why i don't know if it was a fedora but it was something in the fedora family i my prom date had that hat um (laughs) but it was black with a pink ribbon wrapped around it to match my dress and before we went to prom his mother pulled me aside and said promise me you will make him take it off for at least (laughs) one of the pictures so i have a picture without that stupid hat i'm like amazing i promise and i i fulfilled that promise i will say it could have you're welcome mrs walker it could have been worse (laughs) one of my friends her prom date literally wore a top hat and a coat with tails to prom with a cane. One of the boy I was madly in love with in high school, who I now know is gay, wore a bowler hat to prom, and I he may have brought a walking stick. He he knew he was being ridiculous though. That's the difference between him and my prom date, who just really wanted a fedora. Yeah, there was a guy in my high school who wore, to our prom, he wore, like, an all-white tux and, like, a white top hat and a cane. Oh, dear. But the thing is, and shout out to Matt if you're listening, which you don't listen. It's fine. But he's married now. Who cares? But the thing is, he is, like, an extremely good-looking person. Like, like stupidly attractive. Like, should not have been that good-looking in high school because we're all weird and terrible in high school ridiculously attractive can literally wear that dumb outfit and we were all like you're so pretty (laughs) i i think every high school prom has one guy who shows up in a white tux 
Like yeah. every high school prom, there's one guy who's like, I'm going to wear a white tux just because. Um, my prom date was like super, super nerdy, but he looked like a like a younger Zac Efron. Like he got told this frequently in high school. So even, but like even as attractive as he was with that top hat, like or the the fedora it still looked ridiculous it was like too big for his head it was a thing um and so i was like okay in the couple's picture no hat we weren't dating we were just good friends but he listened to me um and i was like in the pictures by yourself you can wear your hat all you want so his mom was like later like thank you <laughs> i have one without that stupid hat <laughs> she hated that so my much. prom date dressed well but was a nightmare date and so obviously I dated him for a long time after that <laughs> um, because that's who I am as a person. Shouts out. Um, anyway, so Ashley's aunt is wearing a terrible frilly oh, tank top. so bad. It's really, it's like, it's like mint green and all the frills. I like, cannot cascading. wait to talk about her. Oh, I'm Her excited. fashion is the least of the issues here. I know, but Although it's, it's bad. It's, it's real bad. Her hair's not good either. Oh, gosh. Well, we have a YouTube comment coming up and commenting on that. Um, Manny at one point is wearing like the fattest platform pink flip flops. Yes. I love them. Which are yes, great. They're so good. Um, I got too loud there. Sorry. I have feelings about platform anything. And while Craig's suit, like his weird leisure suit, his white <laughs> shoe with the hat, um, while that is not great his other suit is also not bad i'm just not a fan of brown suits no and that is what he wears to like change into mid rehearsal dinner dance thing to spoiler alert propose to ashley like also why did he get another suit like just wear the first suit like especially when the suit you get as a second suit is not good like i would like we'll get to this later. I like after that, I would never trust Marco to shop with me <laughs> ever again. I wouldn't trust Marco to shop with me regardless. Like the whole like it's not like he dresses super well. No, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like this weird like oh, the gay guy is so fashionable like trope, but like Marco dresses like hot garbage. Like he is not <laughs> fashionable. But, but Dylan He's gets crazy. involved too. And I'm like, "Dylan, you okayed this? Like why?" Well, Dylan, I feel like, is not concerned with fashion in the slightest. He's no, like, no, but he doesn't look terrible. At least. That's true. But I think he wears like a pretty basic, like, set type of like sporty clothes and doesn't really venture outside of that. But yeah, like, Marco is so bad at dressing himself that he literally asked Spinner for fashion advice <gasps> oh, on I his forgot. first date with Dylan. Like, why are we trusting him? Oh, I forgot that. Oh, okay. Speaking of Spinner, going back to the hallway scene. Again, Spinner's hair, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, look, I'm legally blind, and I can tell you it's so bad. <laughs> like, it's not even, like, it's clearly trying to be emo of the time. And, like, look, I had, a, I had a crush on a fair share of boys who had to flip their hair out of their eyes, okay? But it's not even good emo hair. It's, like, doesn't suit your face emo hair. Like, he was so much cuter with, like, just, like, untamed curls. I'm, like, just... Go back to when you weren't trying. It's better when you're not trying. <laughs> there are like brief instances where Spinner's hair is good, and this is not one of them. <laughs> this whole phase, I'm just, I wish, I wish I could just erase that haircut from my memory. It's so bad. Uh, he's he's always rough. Um. Oh, Ashley's dress for the wedding is perfect. Actually, it's, really good. I love it. It's like, it's like baby blue, but it's like all of the like 
there's like weird like stripes intermittently and like the lining on it and when you look up close you realize that it's black leather it's not just black felt and i'm like this is kind of a badass dress and it's pretty perfect for like ashley as a human yeah i know it's like wedding appropriate but also like with a little bit of ashley to it and i'm like this is cute definitely this is is some of the better choices you've made (laughs) um i don't really have any other fashion notes me neither. I do. JT, once again, is collaring all the time. Like, I remember this episode, and every time I remember it, I remember that JT had a collar on in, Lots like, of every scene. Cuffs and collars. And I'm like, I, I think in one of the episodes, you guys mentioned that he looks a little Chandler Bing, and that's kind of kind of appropriate. I'm like, that's actually pretty spot on. And I'm like, but isn't JT supposed to be kind of, like, cool now well the thing is pseudo cool the thing is that in the if this was if his clothes were more ill-fitting and this was the 90s it would be very chandler bang but like i distinctly remember that like that was like a staple outfit of like the abercrombie and fitch sort of brand see i don't remember this only because so i grew up in kentucky and like camo was what was fashionable where i'm from (laughs) um and if you wore if you were a dude and you wore a collar to school like too much like the only guys i ever remember wearing collars to school at this time were definitely nerds who came out of the closet in college so uh, and that's why they actually dressed decently (laughs) um but like in my like where i'm from if you wore anything besides like basically what spinner and craig wear is pretty much like other than camo what the boys in my school wore yeah no it was it was like a staple of abercrombie and fitch and some like american eagle type of stuff like with like a touch of hollister like if you like morphed all those three stores together you would basically have like jt's look which i mean i don't know about canada but like as far as like where i grew up in like northeast coast area like that was very like of the time like coolest guys in school dressed that way yeah where i'm from the cool guys were in the future farmers of america so (laughs) i say cool with air quotes no it was definitely like that in northern california too it was all about abercrombie american eagle hollister end of list and they're all basically the same store anyway (laughs) hollister and abercrombie are owned by like the same people i think hollister is owned by abercrombie garbage people it's yeah horrible people but all of their clothes look the same the difference is you could walk into hollister without gagging because of the smell but you couldn't see because it's like pitch black in that store oh i know because i'm (laughs) visually impaired and i my friends be like let's go into hollister i'm like i will wait out here because i can't see in hollister it's crazy um so where are we mr radich was censoring the play and yeah, so Mr. Radish is not a fan of the Dracula play. He's like, we just experienced a shooting. We need something happy. We can't have anything dark and stormy. And it's like, of course. He does not understand how people process at no, all. Not at all. And he also, he wa- he doesn't just want to make it like bright and shiny. He wants to make it bright and shiny and like pro-Degrassi. Like he wants like pro-Degrassi propaganda yeah no literally that's what he wants because he's like what about a musical and liberty's like a musical of dracula which immediately made me think of forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> and i was and i was like that would be great i would watch the shit i would that. love that it, even if it had puppets like in forgetting sarah marshall especially if it had puppets <laughs> like in forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> i want degrassi to have a puppeteering team i don't know why it hasn't happened yet they have every it's like a, okay i have to comment on this degrassi is a small school we find out it has 700 students that's about 100 per 
every year if they're starting in seventh grade or so, or yeah, sixth or seventh grade or so, right? I went to a school that had 100 students per grade, and we had very few clubs. And Degrassi has a club for everything. They have a gymnastics team we haven't seen in years. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that that existed. (laughs) That apparently Emma and Manny were on. They've got field hockey. They've got, like, they've got everything. And I'm like, this school gets so much funding. Um, They can have a puppeteering team. My tiny high school for a short time had a puppeteering team that did puppeteering puppet shows about uh, pollution. So (laughs) that's amazing. it, It was pretty great. So I think Degrassi needs a puppeteering team to do this Dracula musical. That's not what happens. But when Liberty says a musical of Dracula, Mr. Reddish says a musical about Degrassi. And he gets super excited about his own idea. Yeah. And he's the only one because they're looking at him like he's in a, like he is out of his mind. Um, but then we cut over to the hospital and Jimmy is doing some like physical therapy, trying to pull himself up. And Craig comes in and is like right off the bat, like complaining about his situation with Ashley and just like venting to Jimmy. And Jimmy is like, okay, whatever. But also just the ultimate voice of reason. And he's like, like, calm down. Like, your her parents have a reason not to like you, please. And Craig is just kind of steamrolling the entire conversation with his problems. Yeah, all he hears is, I need to talk to her alone. <laughs> and, right. Which is fair. That was good advice. He he goes the wrong way. Yeah. And so then this leads him to I need to talk to her alone, so I need to get a hotel room, obviously, because that's where his brain is going. <laughs> and he goes home and he asks Joey if he could borrow his credit card. And Joey's <laughs> like, um, what are you talking about? No, I'm not giving you my card. And uh, Craig is like, I can give you the money up front. I just need to borrow it really quick. And Joey's like, no, eat some pizza. We're painting the house. Go away. <laughs> and so obviously Craig steals the credit card um, to rent a hotel room. Okay, I love how as soon as Craig says, um, hey, I need a favor, Joey's like, I have no money. <laughs> which, which normally parents say that and the kid, like in shows, parents say that and the kid is like, no, no that's not what I was going to ask for. But like, that's legit what Craig wanted. <laughs> Seriously. Um, did we talk about him visiting Jimmy yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Poor Jimmy. One thing about Jimmy is, besides the fact that like he's lovely um, and like the most perfect human on the show. Uh, so Craig is like, Ashley's going to break up with me. And his response is, well, it is her turn, right? (laughs) But okay. That also doesn't make sense though, because Ashley broke up with him last time. So wouldn't it be Craig's turn? I think since it was Craig's fault, it can be Ashley's turn still. Okay. Fair. As long as it's for no reason, it should be Ashley's turn. It's always Ashley's turn. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, oh, I was very happy to see Caitlin. Just anytime Caitlyn's in my life. And I love her with dark hair. And I love her with short hair. I'm just... Caitlyn and Caitlyn's good hair can always be in my life. And for an episode that features Joey's family a lot, there's far less Angela, which I'm very grateful for. Truth. And I'm mad at Craig for stealing the credit card. Because I'm like, come on, you're better. Even like, even while you're unraveling, you're better. Yeah, but Joey is too distracted to like notice that something is up with Craig or that he got his credit card stolen. Distracted and a little in denial. I yeah, think. definitely. 
And I think this is like a thing with Joey a lot is that he like will overlook things that are clearly happening, like because he gets too wrapped up in his own stuff because he doesn't 100 percent know how to have two children like he's doing his best and he's a very good father figure but sometimes he just he's young and he has a teenager suddenly and so I think he just like gets too wrapped up in his own shit and then like stuff about Craig just falls by the wayside yeah I think that's that's one thing that needs to be remembered is that Joey is actually really young like for like a parent in this situation because it's like it's made clear like Craig's mom was older than him like he was a younger man for her and so like because like I'm doing math here. Craig is a year older than Emma. And I think on Degrassi, Spike was like 14 when she had Emma. Right. And season one opens with their 10-year reunion. So yeah. he's so probably he like so he would have been 28 in yeah, season one. Exactly. And so 29 in season two. So by now he's like at most 31. 31, 32, something like that. And he's got a like 16-year-old in the house. He's literally half his age. Yeah. At this point. Um but yeah, there's not a big age gap, and he's doing his best, but it's, yeah, like you said, things fall through the cracks. So then we move, we are at the place where we're at, like, the rehearsal dinner spot or the reception spot for Ashley's dad's wedding, and this is when we meet Sally, is her name? She's Ashley's favorite. quote-unquote aunt, <laughs> who is the sister of the man her dad is marrying because apparently he's a younger man. And so his uh, sister is around their age. I think she must be a little bit older than them, but she is like a young lady. Oh, can I talk about Sally? I want to talk about this scene so much. Every time I rewatch it, I'm convinced one thing is happening and then I have to remember it's not what happens. So Sally comes up to Craig and it's just like immediately flirting with him. And it's A, the actress is not good. Um, she's really not good. But B, her voice for flirting is so over the top. So she's like, my brother told me about you, you know. And like, that's literally <laughs> how she talks. And he's like, and Craig's like, oh, and what, what version? Did I have horns, uh, you know, a tail in that one? And she's like, you mean you're different now? Darn. <laughs> that is exactly how she talks. And she and Craig's like, look, you can flirt with me all you want, but like, I love your niece. <laughs> like, the amount of time that talks, she like the aunt thing comes up. I'm like, I can't. Okay, whatever. they really hammer through like the fact that she's going to be Ashley's aunt, but she's like so young. It's so weird. I don't know what's happening. Also, we never see her after this episode. So oh, why, never again. Why? Did, okay, but hold on. We're not. We're not even done with the scene yet. So then Ashley comes up and it's like. I thought you only said I love you at airports. And then Sally literally just like wanders away. (laughs) Ashley doesn't even address the fact that you were just hitting on my boyfriend. Like, no, it's never said again. Every time I watch this episode, every time I'm like, oh, this is like a setup. Like Ashley asked her to flirt with Greg to make sure he wouldn't cheat on her. Like this is like a test because the acting is so bad and so over the top. But that's not it at all. Apparently, Ashley did not have her do this, which makes more Sally stuff that happens later even stranger because Ashley caught her hitting on her boyfriend and Sally just like wonders off like nothing happened. It's 
the weirdest scene and Sally is the weirdest character and it does not I I have so many thoughts about her later it's so weird and yeah she's not the best actress and she really she just reminds me of Megan Fox from Holiday in the Sun (laughs) with her weird over the top like mean girl like flirty like weird breathy voice and it's weird my favorite is still Darn. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Darn, you're not a monster person? You mean you're different now? Darn. I'm like, I can't. I can't handle it. It's so stupid. But then Craig is like, I have to show you something. And then he brings her to the hotel room. And they're like, oh, my God, we finally have a space to, like, be alone. And Ashley's very excited about it. And she's like, there are two beds. And he's like, yeah, there are two of us. And it's like, oh, Craig, you're such a smooth talker. Wait, I have to go back a second, though, because something about this confuses me. And I'm hoping one of you can explain. So Craig's like, I have to show you something. And he shows her the key. And he's like, it's a hotel room for later. And at some point, doesn't Ashley's mom show up in that moment for a second? I can't remember. I I think she does. And it's still, you know, like, ugh, Craig, basically. Yeah. And and then suddenly they're at the hotel. I'm like, what did Ashley say to every like everyone is there like getting ready for this? Like, how did she get away? Was she just like BRB like before she takes off to this hotel room with her? I, I'm just so confused. Does no one wonder where Ashley went? Like, everyone seems to be relying on her for stuff for this wedding. Like, I'm so confused about this moment. I don't know. I have a feeling like she just managed to slip away because Craig asked her to go with him. So he leads her in and it's C and A with the heart and rose petals are on the floor of the (laughs) hotel room. And I'm like, this is just too much. Like, we don't need... I mean, it's it's just so, like, television cliche with the rose petals. And I'm like, you're children. Just stop it. But so where did he get rose petals? When yeah. did that happen? I have no idea. But, you know, the two-bed thing was sweet. And she was like, what if we did one bed? And I don't know if this was a direction that they gave her or if she did this unconsciously. But she opened her legs. <laughs> Like that too. she straight up opened her legs and I was like, like, you know, I mean, that's actually like fairly realistic. <laughs> but also, was this a direction that like one of the directors gave her or was she, or is it just like an instinctual thing? Or was she just like, I feel like my character would do this in this moment. Like, I want to know the backstory just to that, like slight opening of the legs moment. I'm going to hope it was not a direction her director gave her because that seems real creepy because I'm pretty sure she's actually underage like the actress is at this moment. So let's I'm going to hope that she was just like, oh, I didn't even realize I did that. <laughs> it's just like a thing that I felt like I should do. Or like maybe she's like, I was just adjusting. But <laughs> yeah, so that happened. And then they have sex. Craig is so excited, by the way. Like I love like his joy in that moment when she's like, uh, what if we just needed one bed? And he's like confused for a minute because <laughs> he's stupid. <laughs> and then she's, he's like, huh? All, which amuses me because I'm like, Craig, like you were trying to get in her pants so hard when you guys were dating before. And now you're like, wait, what? I well, mean, I understand him being excited because he's been trying to have sex with Ashley for like two seasons. <laughs> it's true. But then my favorite, he's like, she's like, yeah, if you have something. And he's like, 
oh yeah yeah <laughs> he's like a like overexcited puppy and it's like really amusing to me i'm like oh teenage boys and then pulls out a comically long like strip of condoms he's like of course i have something i'm never gonna make that mistake again i'm like oh we're we gonna blow past that I'm, that I'm never gonna be without that's what he says never again will i be without yeah which that. implies like we're gonna have sex a lot after today and i'm like okay crick that and just like the casual reference to impregnating Manny. I'm like, well, at least we've learned our lesson. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Like to me, I read that moment as after today, I will never be without. But you're right. That's about Manny. And that's uncomfortable. Oh, that ruins everything. <laughs> like, why would you lead into your first time with Ashley by talking about your error in judgment with Manny I just oh dear god and then after the sex Ashley has some <laughs> wait wait so the commercial cuts off as they're about to have sex and then it picks up again in the middle of Craig like talking while he watches TV <laughs> I mean as someone who had sex in high school with high school boys about a commercial break <laughs> <laughs> that's about how long it takes <laughs> <laughs> that's about it but it's, Craig's like like not even looking at her he's just like while he watches TV and then no, it's, it's, it's like it's like two and a half minutes and then you <laughs> and then by then it's like so I guess we're gonna watch TV and she's like her hair is like perfect sex hair and then she starts crying which like okay it's an emotional moment so that he's also panicking felt, that felt accurate to Ashley I'm like yes Ashley would be the one that cries in Ashley this would cry after sex and um, she'll write a song about it later I'm sure oh yeah it'll be very sad for some reason even though it was like a happy <laughs> moment whatever and she's like not even crying because she's happy and or crying because she's sad she's just crying because she has so many feelings <laughs> she's like I, my but Craig also is like I'm sorry for, for whatever I did I immediately apologize <laughs> I'm like Craig that probably should be your reaction at this point as many times as you've screwed up <laughs> it's true that's kind of how he should respond to all things um and then ashley's like no i'm just feeling all my feelings but i'm happy and so that's a nice moment i guess i don't know it's fine and she's like i have to go it's my dad's wedding i have to leave now and he's like but i have food here and i'm like well that's a solid argument <laughs> i mean there will be food at the wedding but i like that that's his go-to and then he's like and but i'm your craig and i was just like ew i hate this okay but hold on we skip over a really important moment where he's like she's like i'm overwhelmed and he's like well, we could we could get out of here we could get an apartment in vancouver and i'm like is this craig's go-to thing every time like this is sort of what he did with angela with british columbia but, like is craig's go-to thing like let's just leave and go move somewhere yes craig actually ignores that completely like doesn't even act like that's a strange thing for him to say that's true and, and it's not even like let's just run away it's always like specifically let's run away to british columbia or, Van Van or vancouver well vancouver is in british oh, columbia so it's my like canadian it's geography is <laughs> terrible <laughs> mine is barely okay um i i can't even name all of the like regions but uh yeah so their whole th his whole thing is like let's run away to bc for everything and she doesn't even address it which is like probably a good move on her part yeah, and then she's like, he's my dad. And Craig's like, but I'm your Craig. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, yes, you are. And you know what? You're just as important part of my life as they are. And you're coming with me. And we're like, oh, right. That's going to go great. It frustrates me. Like, if Ash Ashley is supposedly, she's dated him once before. They were 
friends for a short time before they started dating again, I guess. Yeah. And I'm like, she knows him. It, she doesn't recognize that something is up. And that kind of surprises me because I feel like it's somewhat obvious something is up. Like, Joey makes a little more sense. Like, he's in clear denial. Ashley just seems to be like, yeah, okay, this is normal. Until suddenly she's like, it's not. Yeah. She, yeah, I think she's just going with it while it's, like, working for them until, and then she doesn't really get it until he's lashing out in a negative way. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's weird that she doesn't totally notice. But, meanwhile, let's hop to the B-plot real quick. Um, So, after... Mr. Radich has told JT and Liberty to like rewrite the whole musical about Degrassi. They are at the dot and they have Manny come meet them and they're like <laughs> pitching her on this weird like storyline about Shelly. About <laughs> Shelly, who I think is based on their lunch lady, Sheila, who's like been there since Degrassi started and they like start singing the song and Manny's like, I'm waiting for you to tell me this is a joke. This is awful. What are you doing? And she's like, you guys need to fix this. Go brainstorm in the hot tub and, like, come back to me. Like, this is garbage. And I'm like, brainstorm in the hot tub? What are you doing? <laughs> Why? Is Everybody is obsessed with Liberty's hot tub. I like, know. This, this gets brought up a lot. And it's this is not the last time we see or hear about the hot tub. It returns. Um, but also, I have a confession to make. So the lyrics that they give her are like, oh, these hallowed halls of stone make me want to dial home, which is an E.T. reference. However, (laughs) for the longest time, I missed that it was an E.T. reference. And I thought they were singing, oh, these hallowed halls of stone make me want to die alone. That's what I thought it said. (laughs) Oh, thank God. Okay. I heard the same thing because I was like, oh, I feel so much better. I was like, this isn't upbeat at all. And I'm like, why Why do they want to die alone? I was like, I'm so glad. Because I was like, what is wrong with me that I really thought this is what they were singing? for? A, like, since high school. It wasn't until I rewatched it recently that I'm like, oh, dial home. I'm actually really glad you pointed that out. Because I've been trying to figure that out for a long time. And also, isn't it phone home? So why, why would they change it? Because phone home doesn't sound good i don't i don't know but it seriously sounds like die alone it and does. i'm like why is it happy that you want to die alone and i i don't understand i didn't even know it was dial home until you literally just said it five seconds ago i thought it was die alone up until this moment well jt does actually say later that like she's just seen et and that's that was my first clue when i realized oh they're saying dial home okay that makes more sense although why would hallow halls of stone make you want to dial home i it it still doesn't make any sense also they're not it's a public high school it's not (laughs) hallowed halls of stone they don't go to chilton (laughs) yeah no it's it's terrible it's bad also they're just stealing the tune of twinkle twinkle little star which i don't think is allowed when you're writing a musical i have no idea it's well i mean it might be i mean it's technically fair use because mozart came up with that so it's like well into the fair use realm which is probably why they can use it for the actual show but i don't know it's not I mean, it a doesn't great matter song. like it's terrible and manny's like this is bad go fix it yeah 
And then we are at the rehearsal dinner and Ashley has brought Craig and her mom was like, mm, can I talk to you for a second? And Ashley's like, whatever you say to me, you can say in front of Craig. And Craig's like, no, no, I'll leave. You guys talk. Like trying to be like courteous and considerate and trying to get into the good grace graces of Ashley's mom. And Ashley's mom is like, like, I'm worried about you. I like, why is he here? I don't want him here. And Ashley's like, I love him. I took him back. Like, you're at dad's like rehearsal dinner right now. And he left you for another man. And you managed to forgive him. And I forgave Craig. Or I forgave. I forgave Craig. And you should be happy for me. here. <laughs> and, um, but her mom's like, he broke your heart. And I don't like him for that. And Ashley's like, well, get over it. Yeah, her mom's like, we just put you back together again, which sounds dramatic, but I'm also kind of like, fair? Because it wasn't that long ago that Ashley was like skipping school and sul- sulking her room because she just couldn't handle it. So I'm kind of like, if I was her mom, I'd be like, you just started going back to school again and not writing about girls who died in the Spanish <laughs> Civil War. So, Never which is, forget. Which is my favorite Ashley line ever. It's about a girl who died in the Spanish Civil War. I can't believe no one got it. Um, so I'm like, I kind of understand. Like, if I if this was my daughter, and he didn't just cheat. Like, she, I don't. I wonder if Ashley told her about the Manny pregnancy. Anyway, she probably did because she said maybe next time I won't tell her every detail of our breakup. Yeah. So if I knew that this boy had dated my daughter and then impregnated another girl. Um, and then my kid was like, you know, went from already kind of gothy to like depressed. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'd also just be worried about Ashley if I was her mother because she goes through many transformations. <laughs> and what? I think I would be like, okay, I'm very confused. One minute you were friends with Paige, then you hated Paige, and then you're friends with Paige again, and you're in a band with her, and then there's Craig. And I, I, I would just give up if I was her mom. I'm like, I'm not going to keep up with what you're doing. <laughs> But I, I totally understand where her mom is coming oh, from. Oh, like, sure. I get it. Also, just I don't want Craig dating my teenage daughter. No way. Um, <laughs> also, just a quick note. Um, at the very beginning of the scene, before anything else happens, Toby sees Sally and starts creeping behind her. <laughs> yes. Also, okay. Maybe I'm insensitive. Why is Toby there? Like, uh, Toby is uh, yeah. Ashley's stepbrother. Yeah. But it's her stepbrother. He, he is the son of her mom's new husband's family. I, get, I don't know. It's I think it's just that they're all kind of blending together, like as like one big like supportive unit. I don't understand this. I mean, <laughs> it's weird, but I also like I kind of understand it because even in their speech, they're talking about how they're like a unique family. But I'm like, all right, we're all supporting each other in this moment, I guess. I mean, my when my cousin got married. Like, my aunt invited people that, like, nobody talks to just because it was, like, big wedding time. Yeah. I mean, I maybe I'm also, like, confused because, like, this probably would happen in my family because my family is bizarre. But I'm like, but my family is dysfunctional and these people seem mostly functional. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, like, it, like. Also, I would just not want Toby there. <laughs> if I was Ashley's dad, I'd be like, can you leave that kid at home? I'm also assuming that his dad is technically there with them, so it makes Toby's more dad. sense. But we haven't seen Toby's dad in a while. Like, I don't know what happened to that actor. But I think, like, technically Jeff is probably there as Ashley's mom's date. And Ashley's mom is there because she is still, like, very, very close to her dad. Like, they still love each other. But She's they're throwing the wedding. In love with each other. Yeah. 
So I think it makes sense that Toby is there because his and like the rest of his family is there. It'd be weird if they only left Toby at home. It'd be great <laughs> if they only left Toby at home. I am I am notoriously anti Toby. Yeah. Um. But then I think. Then, like, they're all dance. It, like, cuts to them all dancing together. And Toby and Mrs. Kerwin are dancing together, which I thought was strange. <laughs> and Ashley and Craig are dancing. And then Craig all of a sudden is like, I'll be right back. I got to go for a second. And then he goes to his house and gets, like, puts on his brown suit and grabs, <laughs> like, a little tiny package from his shoebox, which we then find out is a ring. And he comes back to the re- rehearsal wait, dinner. Wait, you miss a great part, though, where they're like, do you what did what did Caitlin say? Do you have a lounge gig? <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. And then he goes through and this is like stupid parents like one oh one is this moment is cause he's he's talking about Ashley. And he's like, Why did I cheat on her? And of course Joey and Caitlin look at each other and Caitlin's like, Sometimes you will make mistakes and I'm like, Yeah, like Tessa Campanelli. <laughs> um I know that whole saga. Um, but he like talks about Ashley and how great she is and how he'll never mess it up again. And never, never, never is what he says. And he keeps saying like, Ash and me, eat me and Ash. And then he leaves and he's like, oh, I'm staying at Marco's. I'm like, you believe him? <laughs> like after that spiel about Ashley, you believe that he's going to Marco's? Really? I don't think they do. I think that they're just also like 31 and like don't really like i mean of of all the things that like joey worries about for craig i think him sleeping over ashley's house like after a wedding isn't like top of his list so i think maybe he's like purposely turning a blind eye uh i just i had so many questions about that he's like okay i'll be at marco's bye and they're like okay yeah no one tries to stop him although I think Caitlin like clearly knows that something is going on because she's like, "Are you okay?" And I just want to be like, "Caitlin, he's having a manic episode. Like, help somebody, help him because he's like." The thing with, and we find out that Craig has bipolar disorder. Spoiler alert! But the thing with um bipolar disorder is that like in the throes of mania, like there are uh, there it's it's not just like being like happy it's like there are like plenty of warning signs um and one of them is like talking very quickly and having like basically delusions of grandeur which is like classic craig in this moment yeah no it's i think jake epstein like this episode really captures what a good actor he is especially when he's talking to sally who is not um but I was talking to a good friend of mine, um, shout out to Hannah Moskowitz, who will be very happy I said her name, um, who is also a writer. And I was asking her because I, I really care about the depiction of disability in um, television and in books as a disabled person. Although I guess you can't see because we're on a podcast, but I am I am legally blind. That's why I have a dog in the room with us. Um, and so I obviously have mental health issues but I don't have bipolar disorder so I messaged Hannah who's really open about bipolar disorder and I was like I know you love Craig what are your thoughts on this specific episode and I'll talk more about some of her thoughts later when we get to it but one thing she pointed out she's like Jake Epstein nailed it as far as the acting goes she was like because even when he acts like he's having fun in his manic point there's just this look in his eye like he's also kind of confused and miserable and she was like, it just, she's like, I believed him in a lot of, especially those early scenes. I, she was like, I, like, I remembered my, my own manic episodes. Also, he writes a ton of songs and like Hannah back in the day could write a whole novel in nine days. And like, 
this was pre-diagnosis and now people tell her oh i wish i could do that and she's like no no you don't you <laughs> really no you really please, don't <laughs> please never wish to have like manic episodes like yeah. it's it's a hellscape nightmare she's like it's it's useful in the moment but it's terrible <laughs> it's it's the worst um so yeah so he's clearly having a manic episode he's talking really quickly he's repeating himself in re- places too yeah and he's and he's doing like crazy impulsive things like taking down his mother's ring from a shoebox and he's gonna go like and and it's just he's convinced himself that these are all great ideas which is another part of it is just like convincing yourself that like these big like things are just brilliant genius perfect ideas and the best ideas you've ever had and it's gonna be amazing and like yeah it's 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 just very like classic you know, bipolar disorder, manic episode. So then jumping off that, he gets back to the rehearsal dinner and he pulls Ashley aside and he gets down on one knee and he is proposing to her and she is very confused and is like, wait, no, what? What are you doing? No, I'm not going to marry you. She what are you talking about? A perfect reaction where she like almost laughs because like she clearly thinks he's kidding a little. And she's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Craig, no. And I'm like, yes, this is how a like 16 year old would. This is a logical react. reaction to this like situation. Yeah. Like uh, this is, you know, she's clearly like, this is strange. No. And then he gets angry and he's like, no, I want you to marry me. And she's like, Craig, no. What are you talking about? And then he like runs away and it's very dramatic and confusing for everybody. But then real quick, we are at the hot tub at Liberty's house, and Danny is literally snorkeling in the hot tub. <laughs> Danny is forever the worst. <laughs> and Liberty and JT are, like, commiserating about the stupid musical, and then um, Liberty starts writing, like, the radish song, like, radishes, radishes, not so sweet, like, brown and round and gross to eat. And they're like, oh, my Excuse God. Excuse me. It's red and round. Red and round. God. I'm sorry. How do you not know the, <laughs> all the lyrics to the Radish song? And JT's like, wait, what is that? And she's like, it's a song. It's, like, a form of rebellion. And I'm like, I love that JT and Liberty's form of rebellion is writing a show tune to <laughs> stick it to the man. I mean, Liberty clearly has a Grease obsession, though. And, like, that whole movie is like sandy i'm gonna be a rep like i'm gonna be a rebel and now i'm gonna sing to you yeah like so JT, it, it all makes sense jt and liberty are such drama nerds <laughs> that i love it i love it so much that that's how they say it in canada also since when is jt a director there's so many things about this drama club <laughs> <laughs> you guys i'm living for the drama it's so dramatic there's so many i'm gonna apologize now to my friend courtney if she hears this she's my she's my canadian ya writer friend and she i just saw her recently and she's gonna be like quit it um but i mean come on progress also comes up later um but Okay, I have a lot of questions about this drama club that I don't think we've ever seen before. Have we? No, we definitely no. have not. And like, so I'm like, okay, some of the people make sense. Manny being in it makes sense considering what happens later in the series. Although this is, I think, the first time we're told she wants to be an actress, maybe. Um, and, or likes acting in it at all. Um, Emma, okay, you're there because Manny. Alex still makes no sense. JT being, Liberty being a writer makes sense. JT being a director, I'm like, 
since when? Also, who gave JT responsibility? Yeah. Although he's doing a good job. Oh, no, he's doing a great job. It's definitely a one-two punch of, like, why is this happening? Because, like, if anything, you think that JT would be, like, instead of this stranger that we've never seen before, you'd think JT would be the one trying to be, like, the lead or trying to be the comic relief. Yeah, exactly. I also, doesn't he play Van Helsing, too? I have no idea. I think he. I think he might play a part. Anyway, I don't remember. Um, I'm, I, I might be misremembering this. You'll find out when you get to Secret, um, <laughs> among other things that you'll learn. Um, but yeah, I the whole drama thing. Oh, also Miss Kwan. We didn't mention this earlier. Miss Kwan is clearly the president of the drama club. I'm like everything about English class makes more sense now. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and I think she even. Is like the drama teacher when they do other things. Drama teacher. Drama. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I slipped out of it. Um. So, but then we're back at the rehearsal dinner, and Ashley is talking to her aunt about it, and she's like, "He proposed." Like, she's like, "How did it? Like, what was that about?" Okay, it looks wait. Like things went wrong. But why is Ashley talking to this girl? Like last time we see her, she's hitting on Craig, and now Ashley is sharing. He proposed to me. And I'm like, why do you tell her anything? I don't understand. It's because Ellie is not available. And she needs to talk about her problems to somebody who will listen because she's Ashley. Oh, God. (laughs) Sally, though. Because when Ashley tells her he proposed, Sally's like, did you say yes? (laughs) And she's like, no. And she's like, but I thought you loved him. But I thought you loved him. And I'm like, Sally, didn't you want to hook up with him 10 minutes ago? Shouldn't you be thrilled? I don't understand. Yeah. And Ashley's like, I do. Oh, no. What's happening? And then cut to Craig is destroying the hotel room. Uh, He's like knocking everything down. He is not handling the denial of the proposal. Well, it's like the like climax of his manic episode and that's where part one ends yeah it's it's an intense ending although it's a two-parter so of course it it needs to be an intense ending but it's an intense ending yeah but part two picks up pretty quickly like right after craig um is still in his hotel room i think he wakes up and he hears the phone ringing and ashley's calling him yeah it's the next day i'm pretty sure yeah and she's like I'm sorry, like, like I love you, blah blah blah, and basically accepts his proposal. And I'm like, Ashley, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I, this confused me so much because I'm like, Ashley, your reaction originally made perfect sense because you're 16, and now you're like, I do love him, so yeah, I'll marry him. I'm like, wait, I don't. Okay, I think that makes just as much sense for the same reason, like because she's 16. And, like, emotional and a little dumb. And because, like, her new aunt, who's, like, a little (laughs) bit older, was like, but you love him, right? Which is, like, shut up, Sally. But so, like, like, her being, like, eventually, like, actually makes sense to me. Because, like, I'm sure that, like, if my high school boyfriend proposed to me, I'd be like, that's crazy. But maybe one day. And then being like, we're engaged for five years from now. Like, that just sounds like classic, like yeah teen type of shit yeah well he even says so that's a someday and she's like that's a yes and i'm like okay all right also we were discussing this every time i see the scene all i can see is the advertisement for degrassi that they used to do (laughs) where they would splice in someone else but like like was it the actress who played ashley or was it someone else anyway yeah i'm pretty sure it was someone else with an ashley haircut 
Um, they would splice in, and Craig's like, "Is there a reason you're calling me first thing?" And she's like, "I'm calling to tell you that Degrassi comes on on Tuesday night." Like, there's something like ridiculous like that, and it hap- that I had played so often that when I see the real scene, like. I almost feels disconnected because I'm like, this isn't how it's supposed to go. It's such like an emotional episode and they turned it into a commercial for when Degrassi comes on. And then at the end, they still do the Craig like screaming like woo and like jumping around, like being excited. So I'm like, I'm like, you guys, you like really like just took the sails out of this fucking like took the wind out of the sails of this scene for sure. Also, he just hangs up the phone and I know no one says goodbye in TV, but it still really bugs me because he's like, she's like, yes, I'm here. And he's like, woohoo. And then hangs up. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, in real life, this would be so weird. Just yay. And then the nothing. <laughs> yay. Click. <laughs> like, I think he hangs up like mid shout. <laughs> he really does. It's so fast. It's ridiculous. Um, But then Craig like shows up to m- Marco, or he approaches Marco. Where are they when he's approaching Marco? About are they it at looks the, like dot? the dot? And Marco's like, "I'm only here because you said it was an emergency." Marco's pissed, at right? Him. Marco's <laughs> still pissed at Craig for the recording thing, and Craig is like, "I need your help shopping for a really nice suit. I need a really nice suit for this wedding to make a good impression." And then there's a shopping montage, and this is when he buys his awful leisure suit and hat. And then Dylan comes and meets them, and his hair is definitely a lot longer, and it's like flowing, and it works for him. Oh, Dylan. Dylan's hair. It's crazy. And Craig is like, thank you so much. I got to go to the wedding. It's a gay wedding. I'm so happy that gays can get married. So glad that you guys can get married. You know, if you want. Okay, Okay, gotta go. And Dylan says my favorite line in the whole episode, which is, thanks for the support. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, Dylan, you... I frequently dislike Dylan because of later things, but like this is the moment where I'm like, oh, Dylan, I remember why I liked you at times. It's it's a really wonderful moment. Um, just Dylan being like, okay, thanks. <laughs> um, also, I just wanted to point out that during this perfect shopping montage with the great shopping montage music, they walk past uh, an advertisement for like a type of cologne called Sexual. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not notice that. Oh yeah, and there's an accent on every vowel. <laughs> every single one. There's like an accent à droite on every goddamn vowel. Or oh. accent à gauche. I don't think there are any umlauts. But there's a lot of fucking accents. So I'm like, but it's like sexual. I'm like, okay, we get it. <laughs> Get it together, Tagrassi. I am surprised that's not a real cologne at this point. Like, that sounds like something you'd have, like, you know how every year we get the Oscar nominees, like, in perfume and cologne ads for, like, the really expensive brands? <laughs> I feel like that's one that, like, someone would be in. Sexy Wow by Calvin Klein. You know, <laughs> Seriously. Um, but then we are back in the gym, and JT and Liberty are, like, handing out their radish song to all of the people in the play and they're like wait what happened to van helsing and vampires what have i even been practicing and honing my craft for (laughs) and like i think that's what the like that's basically what the main dude actor in the play is like and they're like don't know like we've never seen this kid in our lives i think his name is oh crap i'm forgetting what his name is but he nate i think i think it's nate because he's in like three episodes and he just seems so confused in all of them. Like, who are you people? You're very strange. Why yeah. am I here? 
Um, but they're handing out this song, and we're like, what is this? And they're like, it's a form of rebellion. We're singing it to Radish to stick it to the man. And they're all like, um, fuck that. I don't want to get in trouble. And they all walk out on them. Even and Alex is like, I'm not getting expelled over a song. Yeah, like, like, that's a lame way to I'm get like, expelled. Come on, Alex. You're the one I wanted to be like, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Alex singing the song no. to Mr. Radish? Like, see, that's the thing. Her excuse shouldn't have been, I don't want to get expelled over a song. Her excuse should have been, this is a little lame. <laughs> Seriously. I'm sorry. I shouldn't use the word lame. That's ableist. I'm training myself. <laughs> you're you're better than I because it, sometimes I like forget that certain words like that are even ableist, and then I'm like, I need to be. I need like, I need like so, something to like. I need my phone to buzz every time I'm accidentally being an asshole and using a word that I don't even like. It doesn't even occur to me. The main ones I try to work out of my dialogue are like lame and dumb because they are specifically about specific disabilities like i know a lot of people are anti the word crazy i think it's like as someone with mental health issues i think in certain contexts crazy isn't ableist but i think in others it is speaking of which there's a lot of ableist language in this episode of degrassi starting with jt early in the first part says social retardation or something and i'm like and I'm like, we okay. all groaned. I, we're like, no, 2000, what, 2005. Like, Marco uses the R word in an episode two. And I'm just like, oh, guys, guys, Degrassi, you're so good about so certain things and so like, bad we're, about we're, others. We're better than this now. Um, But there's also a lot of use of, like, insane and crazy in an episode about mental health. And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about the word psycho being thrown around. Yeah. You're no, not I, crazy about it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't love the word psycho <laughs> being thrown around. You know, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to play the, for mental health things, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. I'm playing that card. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not crazy. <sighs> Damn it. I'm not, let's, we're going to back up. I don't love psycho either, partially because it gets misused. And I'm like, psycho is short for psychopath or psychotic. Those are actual things. Um, also, I think insane is far more ableist than crazy because crazy can have a lot of different contexts. Mm-hmm. Whereas insane is somewhat specific. And like the word insane does come up later. And I'm like, this is an episode about mental health. Maybe we shouldn't tell the character we later find out has mental health problems that he's acting quote unquote insane. Right. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, right. But so everyone walks out of the gym because they're like, we're not doing this. What are you talking about? And then we're back at the hotel and Craig has all of these new things from his shopping hall and he's in the elevator talking off this poor man's ear about, (laughs) he's like, I got all these things. It's like, look at this suit. Isn't it great? I got it for my girlfriend's wedding. Well, it's her dad's wedding. He's getting married to a man. Let me start over. I'm getting this for my girlfriend's dad's wedding. Blah, blah, blah. He's like rambling to this man who's just smiling and being silent and is like okay i want to know how much they paid that actor (laughs) like to come in for a day of literally just stand here and don't say a word right is this is it in this scene or the next one when craig goes crazy crazy me it's one of those two. Oh, I forgot. I about think that. it might be this one because they get up. He get they get to his floor and oh, he can right. see every like the hotel staff are oh, like yeah. looking at the room and they're like this room is destroyed. What is happening? And then he is like he freaks out and he gets back in the hotel or in the elevator. He's like oh wrong floor floor crazy crazy me oh my god like what am i doing we i think a couple of us groaned at that one too we're like we uh, yeah writers (laughs) 
then he goes to the hospital to visit Jimmy so <laughs> we can so we can change into his leisure suit for the wedding in front in front of Jimmy. <laughs> Poor Jimmy is just like he's still in the hospital. He can't get out of the bed and he oh he first asks where the bathroom is and Jimmy's like I go in a bag I go into more details but I'm eating so instead of like looking for the bathroom Craig just starts undressing like right there and Jimmy's like wait no still like what is happening and then he tells Jimmy that he proposed to Ashley and Jimmy's like what you're he's first he thinks he's joking and he laughs and then he's like wait what what your guys are 16 why don't you wait i don't know at least until graduation or a career i'm like jimmy you're so logical and this is refreshing jimmy is too perfect for this show um although he's the one he says insane and i'm like well we never said that jimmy wasn't problematic (laughs) never forget that sexist rap that happened (laughs) i yeah, I forgot about that. So oh. shut up, girl, and make my lunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate it. Drake's, and he, Drake's first rap. Drake's first rap <laughs> was not the best. But he also says, are you drunk? Which is just kind of like, that. that is often what like a manic episode looks like, is a person who's like, taken speed. He's like, are you drunk? Are you high? And like, that's when he says insane. But that's, that's or, or like lost your mind or something. But... That's that is also like classic like manic episode like if a person like seems kind of like they're on speed but they're totally sober there's something going on. This is also when Craig puts on that hat and I was <laughs> like this is an obvious warning sign. That hat. That is, hat is a warning sign in and of itself. Is, that hat was triggering for me. And. Oh. <laughs> Oh, but and you have such good hair, Craig. Like, if anyone should never wear a hat, it's Craig. Like, don't hide your beautiful hair. Yeah. But Jimmy does at least recognize that something is wrong with Craig. Like, he is not acting. He's not following a sane path. And then we cut to Spike and Snake are helping Joey and Caitlin paint their house. And, um... Snake asks how Craig is doing, and Joey's like, oh, I think this is when they find out that Joey's yeah. credit card has been stolen. Because Joey's going to pay, is it pizza delivery? I think it's Chinese delivery okay. or something. Oh, yeah, it's Chinese, because they say something about chow mein later. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the things I remember. Um, yeah, because he, he's like, Caitlin, do you have the money to pay for this? And she's like, can't you do it on your card? And he's like, I guess Craig stole it. Yeah, I'm going to have to yell at him later. Okay. <laughs> like, that's yeah. kind of his reaction. And Snake is like, how is Craig doing? Like, I'm worried. He's clearly very worried about Craig. He can tell that something is up. And Joey's like, oh, he's fine. It's nothing a good grounding can't solve. I'm like, that is not correct. And then he gets the call about the damage to the hotel room. And it's just like one thing after another. I So I love Snake. Okay. I love Snake, period. Snake is Snake forever. Uh, having seen the original series, I love him even more than I did just as like Mr. Simpson. I love him so much. And I love him in this moment because he says some really smart things. Like he points out that like, because Joey's kind of like, he's just a teenager. And um, Miss and Snake is like, I see teenagers every day and I'm like, something's not right. And he's like, wasn't his dad not the most stable guy? And Joey, I think Joey is more in denial here than anything. Like I think he knows something is up, but he's, doesn't want to believe it and so he's like he's nothing like his dad like that's kind of what joey says and i'm like i love that snake is trying so hard like this is not his kid it's you know one of his students who was kind of awful to him recently 
but he's you know he knows something is wrong and I, I like that he tried to do it in a respectful way even if Joey was in denial he says I'm not going to stay in denial long with that $4,000 worth of damage hotel bill speaking of $4,000 I feel like Joey should have had an inkling that something was going on when Craig came back with a $4,000 guitar like half a season ago but that's neither here nor there we, we'll talk about this later they actually do a lot of build up they really do to this with craig which most shows would not do yeah but i do like i love that whole thing with snake like you're spot on and and i also he's like like because joey's like well he's just being a teenager and i love that snake is like no i i work with teenagers every day i know a lot of teenagers and but yeah i mean the whole thing with snake like craig treated him really shittily but like Snake's whole thing is that he gives second chances to people who have been terrible. I mean, like Sean. He, yeah, exactly. Like, case in point, like, you know, Sean stole his laptop, like, out of spite for Emma. Like, that's fucked up. He stole something from a, like, from someone who got that as a gift because they were, like, trying to, like, kick cancer. Like, yeah. Like, that's, that's, like, next level shitty. Oh my gosh. I, can't wait till you guys eventually see the original series because snake your love for snake will just grow immensely i love him so much so like every time he does anything on this show i'm just like snake i love you he well there is one thing that will come up soon that's not so great but overall that's true we don't talk about that is an amazing person and human being and i love him but we're not there yet but we are at the wedding again and craig is there and he and Ashley are like making goo goo eyes at each other like during the ceremony. Okay, can we can someone please talk about the like officiator? Oh my god, she says love a million billion times to the point where she's like, We're trying, it's like we're trying to tack love down. And at first, I thought she was like making like being, I don't know, I thought she was making a joke. I don't know, it was so the delivery was really weird. And she said love so many times that I actually, while we were watching it, was going, stop saying love. <laughs> it's true. There was, we, we all got like a little mad at her. Cause it's like the word love, like stopped meaning anything like halfway Real through quick. her speech. It was crazy. And Craig, and like to the point where I was distracted by what she was saying. So when Craig and Ashley are making goo goo eyes at each other, I'm like, wait to this really? Cause it's bad. Yeah. And she like mouths. I love you at him. Like across the thing. It's ridiculous. Also, the bouquets are terrible. <laughs> I like that that's what you noticed. They're just, they were just leaves with one flower on top and they were very small. And I was like, why? Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah. It was, the whole thing was bizarre. And, but then at dinner, like, this is when Ashley's mom makes the speech. She's like, I know it's not common for the ex-wife to be at the wedding, especially when you're marrying someone so much younger and prettier than I am. Ha ha ha. Blah, blah, blah. She's making a speech and a toast. And then when she's done, Craig get like, Ashley gets up because I think she motions to her and then Craig gets up with her and Ashley's oh. like wait what's happening no sit down what are you doing and Craig's like no 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 it's fine it's fine and then he starts to make a speech and then this is when he announces that he and Ashley are engaged oh. and it's like first of all it's not okay to ever do this at somebody else's wedding no matter what but it's also just like one more warning sign one more thing 
and Ashley the audience is applauds like yeah like, not like not like a sarcastic applaud like like or, or like even a concerned applaud but like a real applaud and I'm like can you not see that they're teenagers <laughs> like are you like like I'm blind and I know they're teenagers <laughs> what's happening this is my favorite running joke of this podcast. <laughs> um, also, this is not like I'm from Kentucky, so I'm allowed to say this. This isn't <laughs> Kentucky. It's not normal in Canada for 16 year olds to get married, as far as I know. I think it's just that it's like the polite response to have when a person <laughs> like is like, "We're getting married." Like I think, especially because like I'm sure a lot of these people are like basic strangers <laughs> and like maybe don't know how old they are. Maybe like they look really young, but maybe they're older. And I really just, wanted like, polite applause. Sally. I really wanted them to cut to Sally. Oh my god, I would have been so. <laughs> I just wanted perfect. I wanted cut to Sally and all things. Because she comes back later in my favorite moment of Sally. We'll talk about just that. Just Sally is something else. Oh, I love. Oh, Sally doesn't make any sense. She's just there to fill a role. It's so weird. But then Ashley drags Craig outside and is like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? That was not cool. Oh, this guess is when Sally appears again. And she's like, guess what? I don't think I want to marry you anymore because that was not cool. You have no chill. What is happening? I don't remember what Sally does. Though. Sally just goes, you okay? You okay, Ash? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, Sally, you've hit on her boyfriend. And now you're checking to see if she's... I don't understand what your relationship to this girl is. Also, earlier on, I forgot this. She When she came up to... Uh, before when ah, when Ashley was going to say that she was engaged to Craig, or she Craig had proposed, Sally goes, "You want to tell Auntie Sally about it?" I'm like, "What? Stop! <laughs> You're terrible! I don't. Why are you here? And why does Ashley speak to you? I I'm so confused. But yeah, sorry. I I just had I have to remind everyone about Sally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have this little fight, and then Craig goes back inside to the reception. And Ashley just goes, Craig, that's not home. <laughs> she's like, go home, Craig. And he's like, after I do one thing. And she's like, that's not home, Craig. And then he starts making a scene and he's yelling at her parents. He's like, you guys like don't like me. It's so disrespectful. Blah, blah, blah. And her then, poor dad, who hasn't done anything to Craig, by the way. Yeah. And then her dad's now husband is kind of having to deal with him. And then Craig falls on a table that crashes down. And then he's trying to help him up, and he's like, no, and then he storms off, and it's like, he makes this huge, inappropriate scene, and it's so cringy. It's like, very, it's like, it makes me anxious watching it. I had, like, hard secondhand embarrassment. It hurt. It, yeah, no, it was, it was very painful to watch. I just wrote, oh, this is horrible. Um, Also, again, so sorry for Craig, or for Ashley's dad, who has not said anything to Craig this whole episode. It's Ashley's mom who's very anti-Craig. And suddenly she's over there like, you're going to tell her not to see me again. I'm like, Craig, poor, poor Craig. Uh, Ashley's dad, she's like, let's go talk about this outside. <laughs> and I'm like, poor man. You're like, I, I don't even know you really. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wildly uncomfortable. Um, And then we're back in the B-plot <gasps> because Craig storms off. And we're back in the B-plot and... For some reason, the auditorium is dark because I guess it's supposed to imply that time has passed. Um, but Radich comes in and he's like, sorry, I'm late. Where's the, the drama club? Yeah. And <laughs> where's the drama club? And and JT goes, oh, you know, actors, they're always late, um, which. OK. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, he, he's like and Liberty's like, well, we're going to perform our song for you. So 
JT starts explaining what their original thing was going to be with like having like the lunch lady as the protagonist and having it set in the 80s. And Liberty's like, no, no, this is not what we were doing. No. And she like, like and he starts singing the terrible song and she like stops him in the middle and she starts singing the radishes song. And I love Liberty in this moment. Oh, me too. But my also my favorite radish quote is in this moment where she's like, and those aren't the lyrics. And (laughs) he goes, those are fine words, Liberty. (laughs) And he looks so excited about the bad, like the bad, um, die alone song that is not a die alone <laughs> song he's like smiling in this weird way his face is a little strange but that's a whole other conversation but he's smiling in this weird way like this like super excited way and his face falls so fast when liberty starts singing the radish song he i almost felt bad for him because he looked so sad but he's so terrible oh, that he's it's so like bad. it's like you can never fully feel bad for radish um yes and he is horrified and he's like oh well guess what you guys both have detention now because i am a dictator and jt did nothing (laughs) yeah but he deserves to be there because he wimped out on liberty anyway it Uh, it works out yes it works out um but then we are back at joey's house and or actually i think we're at the wedding and craig is like desperately calling Ashley from a phone booth and she's not answering. She's crying at the wedding. He's crying in the phone booth. He's in a glass box of emotions. (laughs) And then he goes home and Joey. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. Then Joey shows up at the wedding looking for Craig because he just got off the phone with the hotel and there are $4,000 worth of damage at the hotel room. And he's like, why did you guys trash the room? I don't understand. And Ashley is like, oh, my God, we didn't. He must have done that after I said no to his proposal. And Joey's like, what is going on? What is happening to my son? And my heart. My heart. I have a weird, like, nothing, like, stops, like, melts my heart more than a non- biological parent claiming a like a child that they didn't necessarily raise until later as their kid like every time sandy cohen refers to orion atwood as his son or or kirsten does it i just like almost cry i'm just like yes he's your son (laughs) it is my whole heart and this is the one moment it's the first time we hear joey refer to craig as his son and it gets me at my core i'm like oh joey like i like when he's like what's happening with my son i'm like oh joey joey Joey. um i have several points first of all ashley's phone is bonkers and (laughs) it lights up it is a nokia and it is clear and lights up and i'm living for it i Um, totally had a nokia in that in that era it's i had it for like eight years it was ridiculous it's perfect those things are indestructible they're great um and then also ashley's mom's face throughout joey's um like speech basically is like just a roller coaster it's just like just a roller coaster of emotions because she goes from like what a hotel to like what you trashed it to oh don't even get me started about this proposal and it's like it's a delightful moment i feel like she was like i don't really have i have one line in this scene or two lines in the scene i'm gonna make the most of it 
and with my faces. Also, poor Ashley, when he comes in and says something about the hotel, she's like, hotel? Ashley just goes, great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for blowing my spot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then we're back at the house, and Craig gets home. And Caitlin and Angie are there, and they're like, what is happening? Like, And Angie's like, daddy's mad at you. And Craig hands Caitlin an, el- an envelope, and he's like, give this to Joey when you see him. I'm going. I'm leaving. And she's like, "Um, he like, what are you doing? Like, what about this hotel room? And he's like, there's $3,000 in there. It's all that I have. And then Joey gets home. And Wait, he's like. doesn't he win? There's a point, and I don't remember when this is, when he talks to Angela. When Craig talks to Angela, it's like, give this to Ashley. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he gets home, and then he's with Angie by himself. And he comes home, and he's like, gives this to Ashley. Like, make sure you give it to her. And it's the package with the ring in it. And then he's like, I love you most. And then this is when Caitlin comes in the room, and he hands her the envelope. And he's like, there's $3,000 in there. It's all that I have. I'm going to Ashley, or I'm going back to the wedding, or I'm going to Marco's. And then he's like, I'm go. I'm not going anywhere, because then this is when Joey walks in the room. And there's the most uncomfortable silence. <laughs> and Joey is just very concerned about Craig. Um, and Craig is lashing out and he's like, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts beating Joey up and it is troubling and I just want to save him. I also need to point out that the scene is somewhat loses its effect, like effectiveness because you can hear Angela in the background going, going daddy no it's like really forced and i'm like oh angela who by the way they it it, it cannot be avoided that she looks so much like manny i'm like this should be addressed it's like that like painfully obvious that like the actress is related to kathy Steele with her sisters because she looks so much like manny it's it's startling yeah no it's it's truly alarming and and she's just she's not a good actress and <laughs> at least not as a child um although she was cute when she was talking to craig earlier because normally she, she annoys like me tiny manny i'm just yeah. like you look so much like manny i can't ignore it your eyebrows are like exactly manny's even it's really strange it, it's like spot on um you look nothing like joey everything like manny that could be an interesting subplot i'm surprised i I wish that (laughs) (laughs) like secretly angie is not actually joey's kid but like craig's mom had an affair with manny's dad that would be oh that'd be so interesting considering their history this someone please write me fan fiction explaining why angie looks like manny because it's pretty perfect um but yeah so craig is like beating joey up which is rough. And then Ashley comes in and breaks it up because she must have been like right on their tail. Or when, she like, came with Joe. I don't know. Like that was when we were watching. I literally was like, where did Ashley come from? And we really don't have like an explanation that doesn't involve her hailing a cab immediately after Joey left or like getting in the car with him. I don't know. But she breaks up the fight and she pulls Craig off and she's like, Craig, what are you doing? Like, and and that's ki- and you like see him realize like what he was doing and he like kind of comes out of it for a minute and he's like what's wrong with me and she's like we're gonna get you help we're gonna get you help which is like thank god like y- you just feel this relief come over you like okay so now everyone's on the same page they realize that craig needs help and they're not like craig what the fuck is wrong with you they're like they're getting craig help 
Yeah. I think this scene, when I was talking to my friend Hannah about it, this was the scene that she said to her felt a little sensationalistic. Because she was like, over. she said overall she really felt like, granted, she's one person, so she can't speak for every bipolar person ever. Um, But she was saying that for her, she felt like that was the only scene that really felt too sensationalized. Like it went a little, like, a little over the top. But at the same time, she thought Jake Epstein's acting kind of saved it and made it feel a little more grounded. Um, also, her exact words were something along the lines of like, it was a sensationalistic, but also somewhat useful. Um, like she remember, she said she remembers watching this when she was a teenager um, and kind of being like, oh, hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jake Epstein is a gem. And he's so good. Like the best actor on this show. He is so good. Um, but then we let's close out the B plot. <gasps> we cut back to Degrassi and JT and Liberty in detention. And J and Li- Liberty's like, uh, this sucks. Like, I'm sorry you're here. You didn't even do anything. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, I can't believe how you stood up to him. Like, it was so cool. It was so brave. It was like awesome he says brilliant again. brilliant again and she's like you know what i wish i did and then she pulls him in for a kiss and it's so adorable okay my favorite part of that kiss though so i i was so excited when i saw this episode when it originally aired because as i was telling holland and kelsey before this i was like if liberty and ellie had a baby <laughs> that was me in high school like i like had like the the angst and the home life like not the exact home life but like the angst and the home life issues and the not being rich issues that ellie has also ellie's aesthetic but i was like the overachieving socially awkward liberty type (laughs) um and who crushed on people who would never be interested in me so like this moment i was like yes I wanted them together so bad. Also, my favorite part of this kiss is when she leans in to kiss him, JT's head is like leaning in his hand. And when she kisses him, his hand just like drops to the table. Like, and he kind of like, like adjusts up like to attention. He's like, oh, okay. This is happening. (laughs) I know. And it's so cute. He has that stupid collar again, but whatever. It's still adorable. (laughs) I'm like, I love this moment. And then she pulls back and she's like, I've had a crush on you for like four years. And he kisses her again and we all like go, oh my god and then he says his stomach hurts a little <laughs> and i'm like oh jt <laughs> it's kind of amazing it's, so, it's, and it's, this is where it ends nothing bad ever happens the end the end degrassi over bye this is how it always is um but yeah but this is the end of the b plot and it's great and it's like finally this has happened and we love them and it's great well and i like that they built up to it by making them friends again like they started hanging out when jt was dating manny yeah <laughs> um, like it because he was like in liberty's hot tub so like they became friends clearly be- they're over the past when he like pretended to be gay to avoid her oh gosh and like when he was just <laughs> never <go> forget <laughs> yeah <laughs> such hey, a cringe like there's so much cringe but like i like that they became friends before this happened like because he was so mean to her before and then steadily they've become friends and so it makes more sense now that yeah like when she kisses him he's like yeah okay and he's been hanging out with Danny more too, who is her brother. So oh. he's probably hanging out with both of them. We, like, let's not talk about that. You ruined a beautiful moment. I'm just saying, it, like, it makes sense that they're like more friendly because he's yeah. probably always at her house now. Also, she's seen the stack of dimes. And she's full <laughs> of it. 
think she was there for that moment. Let's never forget. And so clearly she's like, that's fine. I she like was you. not deterred. <laughs> um, but then we cut to the last scene. Craig is at some kind of center. He is now on medication and he's just, I think because there's such a stigma attached to like mental health issues, he's like, he doesn't like the fact that he has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And he's like, I'm crazy. Like, this is awful. I'm going to be managing this for the rest of my life. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Which like, Craig, this is an extremely manageable thing. Like, I'm sure like from the outside or like at first, it seems like I'm going to deal with this forever. But like, with just about any mental illness, the thing is you just, once you find something that works for you, whether it's just therapy or therapy and a medication, you have to find, like, especially if it's a medication, once you find the right one, like, yeah, there's upkeep, but it's not, it's, it's not that hard i mean there there are parts of it that are hard don't get me wrong you kind of have to always be aware of yourself you know if you feel like you're slipping in one direction or another like you have to know your own warning signs but i mean that's just kind of part of being a person in general it's like kind of keeping yourself in check that's just being an aware person it's it's not like easy breezy beautiful cover girl but like just it's it's not like a death sentence not remotely i will say though i sort of understood where he was coming from in this moment because um i had a good friend in high school who was bipolar and he he told me that he was bipolar like i guess her senior year and i was like yeah i know and he's like wait how do you know what do you know what do you how do you know what do you mean i'm like i just i have a lot of family who's bipolar dude i i know like like you've talked about meds you've talked about other things like i know and he's like oh okay but he told me couple years after graduation um that he is like i finally like came out to my friends and like to my other friends and to like my colleagues about being bipolar like for him that was still something super shameful um for a long time and i was like it's not a huge deal like you've been medicated for years you're managing it fine but i think there's still this because there's still such a stigma he was worried they would see him differently and i'm like i i kind of get that There's especially a stigma with bipolar because it's so closely associated with schizophrenia. They're sort of two sides of the same coin. They're they're kind of like sister disorders. Mm -hmm. Um, they come from the same place. They're the same part of your brain, as far as I know. They're they're a very similar chemical imbalance because I and I don't know why it is. I don't fully know the science of it. I just know that like they are so closely associated that people will be like bipolar or schizophrenic or whatever. And like whenever you're like checking off things in boxes, like I know like my friend wanted to like donate her eggs and it was like, are you bipolar or schizophrenic in the same box? And they wouldn't let her donate her eggs because it it's genetic. So you can join me in the, in the, the, no one wants my, my disabled eggs category. Yeah. Seriously, it's 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 a delight. It's like, but I could really use eight thousand dollars. Um, yeah, I a friend of mine was like, who's very pro donating eggs, was like, you should donate your eggs, and I was like, oh yeah, and she goes, oh wait, is your disa- like your blindness is genetic, right? And I'm like, yeah, and she goes, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, no, and they I'm will, like, they will not, they will not let. And I'm like, hey, how dare you? My disabled eggs are fine. <laughs> 
disabled Damn babies. Right. Damn blind, right. Blind blind babies are fine. <laughs> Seriously. Um but yeah, so they're they're so they're so closely related that of all the like mental illness out there, I think that bipolar is second to schizophrenia probably the most stigmatized against like oh for sure like coming out as depressed or having an anxiety disorder isn't an easy thing to do but i mean i know people who are bipolar who it's never going to be a thing that they're going to advertise they're not they're never going to tell their employer they're never going to make it like known to the world they're, and they're not going to tell most of their friends. And, like, when it comes to dating, it's not a thing that comes out for a long time. It's like, Because the thing is, if you are managing it well and you're medicated and everything's fine, you can pass. And it never has to come up. Yeah. Well, and the thing that's different with depression and anxiety, too, I think, is that it's, like, the, it, the exact opposite issue. Like, people think depression and anxiety aren't as bad as they actually are like they think depression is just you're sad and anxiety is just you're nervous sometimes where so like they actually there's this it's almost the reverse stigma of being like oh it's not actually that bad and you're being dramatic whereas people think bipolar disorder and schizophrenia are much more dramatic than they are in real life for most people so i i think that that's kind of why it's also a different thing yeah, so I mean, I I understand Craig being like this is the end of the rope, but also, um, for the people listening that are maybe worried about this sort of thing, it's really not. It's not the end of the world. It's something that's highly manageable, and you just have to be vigilant and be persistent in finding the right thing that works for you. And also one of the biggest issues with people who are bipolar or schizophrenic is that a lot of the time from like my understanding from like people that I've talked to is that a lot of the time people will, especially with bipolar because sometimes mania can be like so great um, is people will go off their meds and that's when bad things happen. So just like stick to your meds and stick to your routine and find what works for you. It's it's not a death sentence. It's going to be fine. Also, because this is a trope that luckily Degrassi did not do here, but it happens a lot. If <laughs> taking meds makes you feel like a zombie, talk to your psychiatrist and get different meds. <laughs> Seriously. like That's not what's supposed to happen. They shouldn't make you feel like a zombie. You should be a person who can still emote and like live in the world and not be like, a cloudy mess like that's not yeah and that's not just for bipolar disorder that's meds for any sort of mental health help i i hate that trope so much it happens on tv all the time and i'm like again that means you're on the wrong meds like go see a psychiatrist don't stop taking your meds seriously i just whatever but i think that they handled the craig stuff really well and he's like, he, he thinks that it's like a death sentence, basically. And Ashley's like, we're going to be here for you. And he's like, he's like, you can just leave me here to die. And it's so <laughs> fucking dramatic. He, he like does the, like, the, the lay down pal, like where he just flops onto his side and like puts his face in the pillow and then he keeps talking to her. And yeah. I'm like, she like lays down next to him. And it's actually a moment where I'm like, y'all are kind of cute, I guess. And she's like, she's like, I'm gonna be here for you, and it's and it's kind of sweet. It's a good thing, and she looks very pretty for whatever that's she worth. She does actually. I'm like, your hair's getting better and better. And then we freeze fa- frame, and the episode is over, and Ashley's still going to stick with Craig, 
because she is a great girlfriend in person. Um, for now. For now. Wah, wah, wah. But so that's the end of the episode. Um, do we want to read the YouTube comment before we get into our <laughs> regularly scheduled uh, uh, segments? So we found one YouTube comment that most of the comments were kind of terrible. They actually. were terrible and people like people not understanding what actually happened in the episode. Right. And understanding like why like the whole point of the episode was to be like semi informative about what being bipolar is. And they're like, God, Craig's being so crazy. What's happening? And you're like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> did you watch the episode? <laughs> um, but the one comment that we found is from Nicholas Wetzel five months ago and he just says Ashley's aunt's skin is the same color as her hair and yeah it was pretty funny and the like one shining comment in like the garbage but forever Sally we're not like like I know she's only in one episode but I almost want to eulogize the wonderful (laughs) Sally oh Sally Auntie Sally Auntie (laughs) Sally we met you once you were kind of annoying and very confusing. And I'm glad you never return. Not me. <laughs> I miss you forever. I think every Ashley episode should have Auntie Sally alternatively hitting on Craig and then comforting Ashley. <laughs> and with Ashley seeing all of this and somehow not acting like it's weird <laughs> every time. She's so confusing. That's wonderful. Um, but let's dive in uh, for ship of the episode. I think it's obviously JT and <gasps> JT Liberty. And Liberty! ship forever i mean obviously it's jt and liberty that's that is what we came for and we are here for it forever and nothing ever goes wrong i promise nothing uh, ever <laughs> you never see jt and liberty again They're who happy forever. do we think spirit squad captain is oh i know i got it i got mine i, I, say I know snake. mine for sure i'm gonna say snake oh that's good at least a little bit uh because he is the only one who kind of notices something wrong right off the bat and is being like very tactful in his way of approaching Joey about Craig and oh I think I know what other people's are going to be but I'm gonna go with Snake I I have two that to go with so if you don't like I'll see which one you take first okay so I'm gonna go with Liberty Damn and it, you took my, my number one choice. It's okay, I have a backup. I, have I, I don't normally pick a spirit squad from the B-plot, um, unless I, I do and I'm just misremembering my life, um, which is possible. So I'm definitely going with Liberty. I mean, she stood up to Radich. She stuck to her guns about her weird song. And and she fucking, like, womaned up and kissed JT at the end. This like is Liberty the beginning is, of Liberty being super cool. <laughs> Liberty is fucking killing it right now. I am here for it. I love Liberty in this moment. I'm like, this is the most I've ever liked Liberty. I'm on board. Oh, I love Liberty so much. And, like, going forward, like, she's no longer, like, that socially awkward girl from before. Like, she grew up. And I'm like, this actually is logical because I was super socially awkward in middle school and I got kind of better in high school <laughs> kind of um i'm gonna go since you took liberty i'm gonna go with jimmy who gets i usually am not like i know you guys love jimmy i'm like 50 50 on jimmy usually just because i'm gonna like you're a little boring um also because i can't like i can't not se- i can't separate jimmy slash aubrey graham slash drake in my head <laughs> and it's really like unsettling anyway um i'm gonna go with him simply because number one he can't like walk away from Craig, which clearly he wants to do multiple times. And I feel 
kind of bad because people just show up and unload their problems on him. And he's like, I just, why? (laughs) But also because he has such a wonderful reaction that you don't get enough on teen drama when Treg says, me and Ashley are getting married. He goes, he's like, you're 16. And I'm like, where were you when Nathan and Haley got married on One Tree Hill? Although, Although teen me weirdly liked that, even though I was same, I was a hardcore cynic though. So usually I hated it. Like I hated it here. I hated it. Usually Nathan and Haley. I was like, weirdly making an exception for you, but whatever. Most teen dramas, you don't, you don't get a Jimmy who's like, you're 16. Wait till graduation or a job. And I'm like, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. So I'm going to give spirit squad captain to Jimmy for knowing that he will not get married in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Also a good choice. Um, Moral of the episode, be plot wise, stand up for what you believe in and like take like the world into your own hands. A plot wise, um, if you see somebody in trouble, don't ignore it. Uh, I'm sure you guys can build off of that from there. There are many morals of the A plot. I don't know if so much a moral as just like an informational thing but like yeah i think it's more if you're if you're struggling get help or let people help you i don't know i i don't know how to word it because the a plot really felt more like this is what bipolar disorder is (laughs) yeah it it was definitely more informational than like moral but if if you if something seems off with someone that you love look into it don't ignore it and be like they're a teenager be like mm, maybe we should have a be discussion be a snake not a joey yeah, yeah be a snake not a joey that's the moral i think that we i need think that's the moral of that. degrassi for the most part <laughs> it's actually it's true it's also the moral of the original degrassi for sure be a snake not a joey oh snake is the best snake is amazing i love him so much yeah and i think i think holland nailed the b plot just like stick to your guns man be liberty be a liberty be a liberty always not a jt when faced with radish don't be a radish ever don't be a radish be a liberty not a radish yes there we go um but we don't really have any grapevine stuff right now but this is a two hour but this is a two hour episode so (laughs) I, i really think it's fine if we skip it Yes, but if you would like to be featured on a future Grapevine, you can tweet at us at DegrassiPod. You can also find us on Tumblr, whatever it takes, podcast.tumblr.com, or you can leave us an email, a more extended uh, message to us at whatever it takes podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, and you can leave us uh, comments on those episodes or just follow us along there, or you can find us on iTunes. Um, and if you're on iTunes, you can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And if you leave us a review, we will make a little mini fan fiction for you between you and somebody in Degrassi. They shipped me with Ellie. I was going to say, like we did for Cody, we shipped her with Ellie. Which is delightful. It was perfect. It was Ellie great. and I would totally just share each other's clothes and then me a thing. See, that's like, I think that was how we knew that we would be able to be friends. was like, instinctually, we knew that you would be perfect with Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> like, something in my soul was just like, well, I think my should rev- be good with Ellie. I think my review was like, I am like a punk rock Leslie Nope. And so I should have guessed that Ellie would be. Oh, Ellie is perfect. <laughs> like, you works. described yourself really well. 
<laughs> Having like, met me now, was I accurate? You were spot the fuck on. <laughs> I know myself well. It's the it's the writer thing. Self-awareness, yo. Oh, man. But yeah, so if you want your own, like, fan fiction, write us a review, you guys. We're delightful. Um, it's true. Yeah. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kelsucks. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Holland Tacular. And Cody, would you like to plug any social media or anything else? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Cody Keflinger, which is spelled funny, so I will spell it as K-O-D-Y-K-E-P-L-I-N-G-E-R. Or on Twitter at Cody underscore Keflinger, spelled the same way, but with an underscore. Uh, you can also just go to my website, which is CodyKeflinger.com, and that has everything linked also my books which are about teenagers if you like drama <laughs> there you go do you have any book in particular that you want to um it depends what you're interested in if you like high drama and lots of swear words and sexy times um my debut novel the duff uh is probably the one for you if you like best friend stories, my most recent book, Run, uh, which is about two girls from a small town in Kentucky who run away from home together uh, and the events that led them to do so. Uh, that one came out in June and it is probably the best thing I've ever written. So I am very proud of it. I'm going to pick it up, actually. So <laughs> I'm excited. Also, if you want books with disabled characters and bisexual characters, there you go. And like actually written by, by a disabled, disabled bisexual person. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Like, I mean, that alone should like really be like neon letters, like actually from a place of experience, not a white guy. Oh, man. <laughs> Correct. It's amazing how that works. Out. It's amazing how those books are better and more realistic. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, is there anything uh, that you're watching and really liking right now or like an Internet thing that you're enjoying or a podcast? Yeah. So I will uh, since we're going to do the things we're enjoying, I will recommend uh, books because that's me. Um, uh, also, if you really like Canadian things, <laughs> um, one of my favorite authors is Courtney Summers. I actually mentioned her here because she's the one I said would probably be upset about me saying progress and drama. Um, drama. <laughs> um, but uh, you should really check out books by Courtney Summers. She's also a young adult author. She is Canadian. So we can all pretend that they just take place in the same world as Degrassi if we want to. Um, she likes Degrassi too. So there you go. Um, I would highly recommend either her book, Some Girls Are, which is probably my favorite, or All the Rage, which deals with rape culture and is just mind-blowing and heartbreaking and wonderful. She sounds awesome. She's wonderful. She's a wonderful human. And her books, like I read her books first and then became her friend. And uh, she's just as wonderful as her books are although they will rip your heart out she prides herself on destroying people's lives with her work so, so i can't wear eye makeup when i read her books probably not duly noted yeah maybe not a subway book maybe an at-home book <laughs> unless i want to weep in public i did that with a few things i'm like maybe no more crying on the f train i wouldn't know that you're gonna weep but they will just they're just like suck they're like the sucker punch you in the gut kind of books more like less like crying and more just like 
destroy your life they're wonderful i'm here for it <laughs> um it's clear what kind of things <laughs> i like to read when i'm like it destroys your life it's great <laughs> yeah it, it is abundantly clear I, but i read a lot of stuff like that a lot of like oh i feel fucked up forever um i'm going to recommend a podcast um they go f- it's about um every english ruler starting from like the saxons and they go each individual one and they rate them x-factor style on like various things (laughs) um and it's called the rex factor (laughs) and it's perfect in every way the sound quality i'm not crazy about but i'm also only like up to like I'm, i'm still in the beginning stages so maybe it improves but the content is great so the rex factor that sounds so good that sounds amazing and i'm going to download that immediately. my history nerd heart like is leaping out of my chest especially <laughs> yes and speaking of history um i have not yet watched this but i am probably going to start binging it as soon as i get home it came out this weekend on netflix the crown which is basically, it's a Netflix series about Queen Elizabeth. And I think every season is supposed to be a decade of her life. And I'm ready for it. And I'm just going to like preemptively uh, recommend it. And I've already seen some reviews about how like how the crown puts Downton Abbey to shame. So I'm ready oh, for it. Oh, I'm so it. down. Oh, we should specify it's Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. Because I got the real second. excited at first when I saw the when I saw the first like thing. I thought it said Queen Elizabeth I. And I was like, yeah. Oh, so it could be good. Yeah. But I know I'm pretty sure it's either written or directed. I think it's written by the same person who wrote the play The Audience, which Helen oh. Mirren was in, which is about um, which is kind of similar. And it's about Queen Elizabeth and all of her all the prime ministers who served like during her reign and all their audiences, which is like a weekly meeting she has with her prime ministers. And I saw, I actually saw it when it was in New York last year and it was so good. Um, but I'm pretty sure the same person who wrote that, uh, either like it was a showrunner for the crown, I believe. So I think it's going to be really good. I'm excited. But I think that is all that we have for today. I'm sorry for the long, long, long episode. But you know what? I'm not sorry because I think it was a lot of fun. And thank you so much, Cody, for being on our episode. It was so much fun having you here. Thank you so much for having me. I was very excited. A little too excited. I was like, can I be on the one where JT and Liberty make out? Um, so... And nothing bad ever happens, ever, <laughs> ever. And we loved having you on. And I mean, obviously, we're going to have you on again. So yeah, start looking you. at season five and see what you want to do. We that have, won't be hard. We have um, episode one already slotted for someone. But after that is fair game. Oh, episode one of season five is a doozy. It's so much. It's just so much. Oh, but it's a doozy. it's going to be great. So... But thank you again for coming on and also for being our friend because we're going to start hanging out. <laughs> I mean, just from listening to the podcast, I was like, oh, they live in New York and they're clearly my age based on all the references. And it turns out one of us is only two weeks older than the other. So <laughs> we're like we're, we're basically just one and the same at this point. <laughs> but on that note, we're going to leave. So bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers. Oh, yeah, true. Bye, Panthers. (laughs)